0: Welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast, a one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. You you hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck, follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating and a review as well. That would be very, very kind of you. Uh, a couple of things that we're going to talk about today, so... Uh, the Bob Father, Bob McKenzie, coming out of semi-retirement and laying a big old news bomb on the hockey world today involving Jack Eichel and some trade rumors. So we're going to get to that and, and kind of discuss what uh, what Bob was discussing there. And then I, I keep seeing all this trade chatter about whether or not the Leafs are going to trade Nylander and why they're not going to or going to. And I figured, all right, it's time that I finally weigh, weigh in on some of this. So I'm going to explain my position on uh, Nylander and whether or not I believe he will or should get traded. And then I'll uh, finish it off with just some final thoughts about the Stanley Cup final and make my prediction here ahead of game number six. So let's get right to it though and let's talk about these ICO rumors and no I do not think that the Maple Leafs will be in on him regardless but let's be honest here where there's smoke there's fire and if you didn't see the tweet uh, head to uh, Bob McKenzie's Twitter which I believe is at TSM Bob McKenzie and it's more of a uh, an article and it is just a simple tweet this this has one two three four this is a five tweet uh, thread. It's got five tweets here in this thread, but I'm going to read it out because I think it's important to uh, read most of it out at least because I think it's important. So Bob McKenzie tweets out, imagine my surprise when I started making calls today and heard Jack Eichel trade rumors, including unverified chatter. He may have at some point recently requested a trade out of Buffalo and that the New York Rangers were amongst interested teams. This of course required further investigation. So he furthers. I hear that a lot. Eichel's agent, Peter fish said, Jack wants to win. He's frustrated not winning, but no, he doesn't want out. Jack is prepared to head to Buffalo at some point here and prepare for the season, whenever that may be. That's all he controls. I mean, that's not the glowing remark about, hey, yeah, no, that's completely false information. We love Buffalo. We want to stick around here. We want to win here. This is my city, my team. I, I, I signed here long term, and I want to grow with this organization. We've had some bumpy roads. No, that's not what he's saying at all. What he's saying basically is, well, we're stuck here. Like, we can't really do anything. We're, we're kind of stuck here, and I'm not going to come out and, and publicly ask for a trade. So that's kind of what I get from from that. You can deduce whatever you want. Uh, but it goes on to say, the messaging out of Buffalo is that the Sabres aren't shopping Eichel. There's no real desire to trade him, but since Kevin Adams became new general manager, several clubs have called about Eichel's availability. The Rangers are believed to be one of the teams that called. So calls are made. Calls were taken. None of those talks with other clubs resulted in an Eichel trade transaction, but it's also believed that there's been dialogue between Eichel and Buffalo to ensure they both want the same thing, which is to get better, and and uh, share the same timetable, which is to get better sooner rather than later. And Bob finishes this long article with, So, the face value review appears as follows. Eichel doesn't want out of Buffalo. Buffalo doesn't want to trade Eichel. Move along. Nothing to see here. Fair enough, but some rumors are worth checking up on and mentioning, which I have now done. And now he's getting back to his draft prep, which we also will be chatting about pretty soon. But anyways, uh, not really a glowing endorsement for the city of Buffalo. It, It didn't really, you know, cancel these rumors. It didn't say, hey, Buffalo's not trading Jack Eichel. Like, they're listening. They're having ongoing dialogue, and it makes sense. Like, look, I've talked about it before. Jack Eichel was a terrific player. I think he's a, a top, uh, he's in that 15, top 15 discussion, I would say, in the NHL. Possibly a top five centerman in the NHL. I thought for much of this season, until the team totally imploded, I thought Jack Eichel could have been in, in, in heart conversations. Because without him, that team is he he thought the Sens were bad. <laughs> but Jack Eichel, I think, is, is, is a premier player in the NHL. And he wants to win, no doubt about it. He's won his entire life growing up, went to BU, winning club, and now he's been in for what? How long has he been in Buffalo for? Six years, I think? What, 2015? Yeah, about six years. Yet to make the playoffs. You know, and year after year, when you hear him speak at the end of your press conference, he's always gutted. He's always angry, flustered, upset, says, you know, next year we'll have to come back and be better. They've made moves to to try and get better. You know, they've gone through another mini-rebuild, I suppose, when they kind of tanked to get Rasmus Dahlin and then, you know, didn't really have a great couple of seasons after that either. So now they sit here again with another top 10 pick, no playoffs to show for it. And these rumors surrounding around Jack Eichel, how he he wants to win and it just doesn't seem like it's happening in Buffalo. So look, where there's smoke, there's fire. And this trade like specifically the Rangers are the ones who are being mentioned here in this Bob McKenzie report and it makes sense. I think they have the pieces to do it, and I think that Eichel would be a perfect, perfect fit for the Rangers. I mean, could you imagine if they end up with Eichel Zabenejad down the middle as their number one and two? That would be outstanding. And what do they have to offer? Oh, just the first overall pick. Like, that's not nothing. Alexis Lafreniere, that is a guy that I believe you could build around. Eichel, sure, he is definitely a guy you could build around. But if, if it's just not working with Eichel, maybe you try and get yourself a few other pieces and try and, 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 and I hate to use the word again, but like going to another rebuild. But realistically, with the next couple of years, you don't know what what money's going to be like. The, the Pagoulas can kind of use this as an excuse to shed salary, trade guys out, and, and, and kind of do another little mini rebuild. And I think you start with the first overall pick this year in a pretty darn good draft with a, an elite, elite talent like Alexi Lafreniere. Now, it doesn't start, stop there. It's not going to be just for number one overall straight up. You're probably going to ask for for uh, Georgiev, the young, talented goaltender that the Rangers have. Not Shosturkin. I doubt they move Shosturkin, but Georgiev is a guy who I think they'd be willing to move, move on from. So you bring in a, a quality goaltender, which they need. So now you think about it. They've got two good goalies that they could go with next season and kind of pick which one between those two that they would rather have or at least have them be a tandem. And then probably you add another piece on top of that, either a top prospect like Vitali Kraftov, uh, a Russian guy who they took a couple of years ago, Leah Sanderson perhaps, although his market's probably taking a big dip. Um, You know, they do have an additional first-round pick in the draft that they got from Carolina in the Brady Shea deal that they could also move. Or maybe an established top-six guy who could replace Eichel in the lineup like Ryan Strom, right? Because once they go out, if they have Zabenejad and they have Eichel, well, Ryan Strom is a centerman who ends up calling falling through the cracks. And instead of trying to pay him, who, by the way, is an RFA, instead of trying to pay him after a big 60-point season, Maybe you can use that and trade him at peak value over to a team that could use him as a top six centerman. The issue here, though, is that Buffalo will never get full value for Eichel. You know, first round pick, Georgiev and Ryan Strom, at face value, let's be real. That's probably not the value that Eichel actually equates to because he is, in my opinion, like a top you know, 15 player in the league. It, Strom is not that. Georgiev is not that. And let's be honest, we don't know about Lafreniere. Like, he appears to be that. He appears that he's going to be an elite talent. But I mean, so did guys like Neil Yakupov or Taylor Hall or Nico Heischer. You know, other guys who have gone first overall who haven't quite cracked top 15, top 20. You know, some of these guys haven't cracked the top 50 in the NHL. You know, they're prospects for a reason. Now, I don't think that Lafreniere is gonna flame out. I'm not saying that he is, Nail Yakupov, or or any of these guys, but is he going to be as as good as Jack Eichel? Maybe not. So I, I just you're not gonna get full value, and it just doesn't happen in, in in today's world, and it's the price you pay when you ship out a star. It's kind of, you look at it, there's been a lot of deals that have gone through that really, you look at it and go, that's it? That's all it took? Why didn't the Leafs go after this guy? Why didn't Team X go after that guy? Like, remember Joe Thornton traded from the Boston Bruins. Like, Marco Sturm, a couple of prospects, second round but. Eh, that turned out to be the worst trade in Bruins history. You know, Taylor Hall was traded for Adam Larson. A guy who's a first overall pick, a 40-goal scorer. You expected him. He went on to win a Hart Trophy the following year. And you traded him for a number four defenseman. because That's all they could really get for him. Eric Carlson, another guy, wanted out of Ottawa. He was an expensive ticket. Carlson had, he was kind of a UFA, but, I mean, now you look at it, it worked out in, in Ottawa's favor. But remember what you were saying back when that trade was done a couple of years ago when they got one first round pick and Chris Tierney I think they got Bodker I think was involved in that deal perhaps uh Josh Norris who was a decent prospect a second rounder uh, you know like they didn't really get much out of it until Carlson ended up re-signing and then they got another conditional first round pick which turned out to be this year's pick which is now a third, whether it's the third or the fifth overall pick, it's a top five pick. So in hindsight, okay, they ended up getting good value out of Eric Carlson, who has unfortunately hit the injury bug at, at this point in his career and just isn't the player that San Jose thought they were trading for. But again, go back and think about it. Eric Carlson at the time of the trade was considered possibly a top ten player in the league. That was not the return that you would expect out of a top 10 player in the league and I don't think you'll get the I think you'll you'll end up just as unsatisfied if you're a, a Sabres fan about Jack Eichel now that's a good sign for opposing teams who are looking to bolster their lineup anytime you can get yourself a superstar at you know a fraction of the price it should cost even better I mean you even think about This year alone, I think there's another reason why the trade value isn't as high as it normally would be. And that's because going forward, you know, there's going to be a couple of years worth of a a flat cap. And that $10 million that Jack Eichel's signed to isn't going to regress in terms of cap percentage like it normally would. It's going to stay at, you know, that $10 million range. That's, That's a lot. You know, not a lot of teams can fit that under their cap. That wasn't budgeted for over the last couple of seasons to add a $10 million player. There are only a couple of teams that could do it, which means supply and demand. Now, obviously, if Buffalo doesn't get a package that they want, they just don't make the trade. I'm not saying that he's going to get traded. I'm just saying if he does end up getting traded, it's not going to be for as much as you think. And Buffalo, just like they were with the Ryan O'Reilly trade, are going to be left scratching their heads and saying, that's all we got? Really? That's all I'm saying. I, I, If I was Buffalo, I wouldn't trade Eichel. Even if it is for, you know, this number one overall pick, I'd probably still keep Eichel because the center is, is a premier position that teams search years and years and years trying to get a legitimate number one center, a top five to ten center in the NHL, Years and years trying to get that. So trading him for a, an elite winger may not be in their best interest because eventually they're still going to look for that centerman. It's going to be an interesting offseason for Buffalo. I'm gonna to have to get Joe DiBiase on once the off season hits. I've I've decided that I'm gonna kind of do a divisional roundup and get all the hosts from the Locked On, the fellow divisional Locked On guests, Locked On Wings, Canadians, uh, Sens, Tampa, and you know we're gonna speak about Tampa actually afterwards when we talk about the Stanley Cup Final, but uh, and and Boston and and you know so all the teams within the division we're gonna talk about them and kind of do their off season. Wishless, you know what's it gonna look like over the next couple of couple of weeks what do the Leafs have to work with here going forward uh but we'll see as far as Eichel goes I'm not 100% sold that this deal will happen but where there's smoke there's fire I wouldn't be surprised if it happened I don't think Buffalo should do it but in this climate Shedding salary is something that I know Buffalo would like to do. They were part of Frank Zaravalli's 17 teams that are looking to shed their salary. Well, that $10 million price tag probably looks awful hefty right now for a team that's not making any playoff revenue and won't have butts in the seats next year either, most likely. And if that's the case, there's not going to be a lot of other teams out there that's going to want to flip the bill either, which is, again, going to diminish his trade value shouldn't but at the end of the day it will and a team like the rangers who a have the capital to trade away to get that pick or to get jack eichel and the willingness to spend money so it's actually a good fit when you think about it we'll see what happens you know we're a mere days away from the, the true start of the offseason. I know we've seen a bunch of trades going down, and, you know, the Leafs have made a nice size trade as well with, with Kapanen a couple of weeks ago. You know, there's been a bunch of signings and 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 coaches, firings, and hirings and whatnot. It's been a weird Stanley Cup playhouse because there's so much going on outside of the playoffs. Teams are going about their business, going about their offseason as if it's not even going on. So it's been kind of bizarre. But, um, We'll see what happens. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I got to talk about what the Leafs may do in, in their offseason and discuss what, what's going on with Nylander. Where do I stand with the Willie Nylander conversation and whether or not I believe he'll get dealt. So we'll do that when we get back. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The Improved Built Bar is even more delicious. It's got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones, which includes caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and this one sounds delicious. The Apple Almond Crisp. And that goes along with the 12 Originals. Mint Brownie, Salted Caramel, Toffee Almond, and my all-time favorite, the Peanut Butter Brownie. These bars are covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, The Built Bar is healthy. It's great for the health-conscious guy who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you about the Peanut Butter Bar. Uh, The flavor profile of this one, it's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. It's unbelievable. And get this right now, you can get yourself a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last a free cooler go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code locked on you'll get ten dollars off your next order use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at BiltBar.com all right welcome back to the locked on these podcast once again Mike DiStefano, your host with you for today's show and every show Monday to Friday uh, or I try to get it in Monday to Friday um so the Leafs look yeah, I understand that if Petrangelo is a target for the Maple Leafs and they end up signing him, someone's going to have to go. But like I've stated on the show before, and we had Heart of Lad on uh, last week, I think it was last week, where we discussed how the Leafs could sign Petrangelo without affecting the, the, the big four. You no, know, that's Barner, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander there is a way there's a pathway now it comes at the expense of of basically obliterating the depth right the 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 bottom six essentially is going to be comprised of a bunch of guys who are making under a million bucks and and you know rookies essentially so it's it remains to be seen if that's going to be a route that Dubis and company are going to want to go down I I don't know I'm just saying that is one possible way to do it But there's this weird narrative out there. And, okay, I don't want to say it's a narrative because this is facts. When Kyle Dubas signed William Nylander, he basically, he said, yeah, uh, because apparently Nylander took a pay cut. I'm not too sure about that. (laughs) He got paid a hefty sum of money. But anyways, he took a quote-unquote pay cut. Um, And because he did that is because Dubas said, you know, we're not going to trade you through the duration of contract. You're going to be a Leaf for the whole six years. Now, for people a couple years out, to still use that as a reason why they don't think that the Leafs are going to trade Nylander is foolish. Absolutely foolish. Like, you are silly if that's still in your belief system that essentially Kyle Dubas is going to honor a handshake no trade agreement. Because that's not going to happen. If it comes down to it and Nylander has to get moved to make other 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 arrangements, to make other trades or signings or whatever it is, it'll happen. <laughs> like, it, it's it's going to happen. It has to happen. It can happen. Like, look, I, as much as I don't want Nylander to go, and I've stated this, of the core four, I would probably move out Mitch Marner because – you know, I think that the the contract that Nylander is on is, is better. Like, the production per dollar, I think, is better for Nylander. It'll allow us to open up a lot more space. By us, I obviously mean the Maple Leafs. Like It's not easy scoring 35 goals, and that's something that Nylander, I believe, can do on a, on a yearly basis. Right? He had a terrific season this year, and he showed extreme improvements. So he's not an easy player to replace. Not that Marner's easily replaceable as well. But for the contracts and the production per dollar, I would rather Nylander over Marner. That being said, if a deal is on the table, that would make the Leafs have to trade uh, Nylander, or not need to, but want to because they get a good enough return. I don't think it's out of the question. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't. I do not believe that it is out of the question that he is going to go. And let's be honest with ourselves. It, it, Dubas has an easy out. When it comes to talking about how he he's never going to trade Nylander, and if anybody says, oh, you said you weren't going to trade him. Look, I don't think he anticipated a pandemic to hit and cause for a flat cap over the next couple of years, which would mean that he has to rework the way that his team is structured. And if that means moving on from Nylander to make that happen, so be it. That's what's going to have to happen. So, the narrative that Dubas won't trade Nylander because he told him he won't get traded when he signed his original contract, is foolish. Absolutely foolish and silly. Don't believe it. Um, guys, even guys who get no-trade clauses, they they get moved. Remember, look at what happened to Patrick Hornquist last week. He had a no-trade clause with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and all of a sudden he's hearing that there's a, a trade in place for him to be sent to Florida, and he heard it, I guess, through social media, and was caught, he was blindsided by it, and then eventually, you know, he heard from management, and they were like, "Hey, yeah, we got this deal with Florida. Like are you willing to, to waive your no move so we can complete it?" And he was just like, "Whoa, I, I guess like you guys don't want me here? Sure. I, I suppose I'd rather go somewhere I'm wanted." So <laughs> that is a legitimate no trade clause where they actually, you know, kind of have to reach out and convince the player to to move. Nylander doesn't need convincing. It's, hey, sorry, we found uh, a, a trade that works better for our team. And this is what we're going to have to do in order to, you know, kind of rework our roster and, and rework the way that our pay structure is. And, unfortunately, you know, you're the sacrificial lamb. That could easily happen. Could happen with Marner as well. But, you know, Nylander is kind of the topic of conversation right now. So, all right. Um. Yeah, we'll stop that that right there. We'll take a quick break once again. And when we come back, let's talk about the Stanley Cup Final. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Uh, game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final going down tonight. So, realistically, odds are by the time most of you guys listen to this podcast, Game 6 will be, will be completed. And either the Tampa Bay Lightning will be the new Stanley Cup champions of 2020 or the Dallas Stars will have forced to Game 7. Well, here is what I think will happen, and we'll see what happens. I I believe that Tampa closed it out tonight. I think Tampa is the better team. I think Tampa is arguably the best team in the league. Certainly on paper, they look that way. They're deep. They're heavy. They're skilled. They're quick. They're all on very good contracts. (laughs) But at the end of the day... I think that they're going to be cup champions, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they close it out tonight. And if that happens, who's going to be their con Smythe? Well, I think it's probably a three-horse race between Victor Hedman, Braden Point, and Andre Vasilevsky. I don't think Vasilevsky's done anything to lose the opportunity to be the con Smythe, but I think if you take a look at what Hedman has done, especially in the last, I would say, two... Playoff rounds, he's been unbelievable. He's shown that he right now is the unquestioned best defenseman in the NHL. Hands down. And uh I think it's 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 very possible that he will be the con Smythe winner. And the other one is brayden point And the only way I see him winning the con Smythe is if he has a big game tonight. Because if I'm not mistaken. The way that the Con Smythe is, is awarded is so I think it's after what, like the second period or so, they'll ask the, the, whoever nominates to win the award, uh, the, the committee who nominates the, the winners, um, they'll ask them after the second intermission, like, oh, who are you nominating to win the Con Smythe? So I believe that unless Britton Boyne has a massive, massive game. It's probably going to go to Hedman. But if he has a big one, you know, recency bias isn't a joke. It's really not. And if they have to make the decision tonight, and he goes out and he scores, like, two goals in the first, you know, couple periods, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Point wins it. He, he deserves it. Like I said, it's a three-horse race, and you really can't go wrong with either one of them. So I think Hedman wins it tonight if it's, like, a low-scoring affair. But if it becomes kind of a bit of a shootout and it ends up being like a, a 6-3 or, or 5-3 game and Braden Point's in on, you know, two or three of those goals, I, I mean, Braden Point could end up winning the Con Smythe. Uh, the offseason is coming up as well, and I quickly wanted to touch upon why I think it's important for Tampa to try and close it out and win the Cup this year because I think it's actually going to get a little tougher for them to win Cups in the coming years because they're going to have to do some heavy lifting this offseason. They only got $5 million left that they'll need, uh, or left to sign guys, and they still are going to need to get Mikhail Sergachev, Anthony Sorelli, and Eric Chernak under contract. They only have three defensemen under contract next year. Shankirk, Bogosian, Ruta, and Luke Shen. Yep, that's right, least defenseman, Luke Shen. Moments, they're uh, a game away from being a Stanley Cup champion. But uh, all four of those guys also UFAs at the end of the year. So with $5 to try and sign Sergachev, Sorelli, Chernak, and then also kind of rework the rest of your defense and the bottom six, they're going to have to make some moves. This is going to be the last time that we see this core together. The triplets of old... I'll go out on a limb and say we never see the triplets in Tampa together again. Once this is it, one of those three are gone. And by triplets, I mean uh, Andre Platt, Tyler Johnson, and Alex Kalorn, who together are making okay, what's Platt making? 5.3 for the next two years. Johnson making $5 million for the next four years. And Kalorn's making 4.45 for the next three and they're all 30 years old, Platt's 29, but they're all, you know, older. (laughs) So one of those guys, if not two of them, I think are going to have to go this offseason. And those are two pretty big pieces to their team. They have been part of the core for the last five years that this has been a cup-caliber team. So I believe that that is going to give them kind of the... The, the, the spark to go out and win it tonight. Well, they said, look, boys, this could be the last time that we're together. Because you don't want to go into a Game 7 where it's do or die, you know, a bad bounce or a bad game by the goaltender or, you know, just a bad game by your team all around, just kind of you're in a funk for that night, and all of a sudden you lose out on a chance to win the Stanley Cup. So you want to end it tonight. And if that's why I think I'm going in and saying, look, this could be the last night that we're all together. This group here, this core here, let's give it our all. Let's go out there and win this thing and bring the cup back to Tampa. I think it'll happen. And then who knows? Then the Leafs get back into the conversation next year. So good luck, Lightning, moving forward. This might be your last chance to mop up the floor at the Eastern Conference because you got Toronto nipping at your heels. I know it. I know it. All right, I think I'm going to end it there. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck, follow the show at Locked On Leafs. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.